You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I do apologize for getting the uh, episode out a little bit late. By a little bit, I mean instead of 6 in the morning, we're shooting for uh, 7 o'clock at night. But uh, I just, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't wake up again and then go sit in the car when my phone said it was 12 below zero. I just, I'm not doing that. So uh, we're going to do it late today, and then we'll do it early tomorrow. So it'll be kind of like back-to-back podcasts, which is awesome, apart from the fact that I have to come up with a lot of content in a very short period of time, but we'll figure it out. Uh, That being said, allow me to just get out in front of this now. I don't know how long this podcast is going to take. You know, I always strive for 45 minutes to an hour, usually hit that target pretty well. Today and tomorrow... Again, still kind of in vacation mode. Just got home. It's uh, almost 6 o'clock. Just unpacked the car. Got a Mondo thing of coffee. And I've got a general framework of what we're going to talk about today, which is free agency. Not other people's free agents. I'm talking Packers free agents. But otherwise, I don't really know. We'll see where this takes us. But uh, again, if today and or tomorrow are more close to the 20 to 30 minute as opposed to the 40 to 50 minute, my bad. But anyways, let's jump right in. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. There are other links in the description. Got one for Venmo, got one for PayPal if you're at all interested in uh, checking that out. Would be mucho apreciado, which is uh, Hindi for I need all of your money. Y'all didn't know I spoke Hindi, did you? You'd be surprised how many talents I have. I'm working on Urdu, just working my way through India. Natural next step after India, obviously, Japanese. See, you knew that. Got some shout-outs. Never really know the days, so, you know, I'm guessing I don't need to apologize for saying thank you twice, but thanks to uh, Jules yesterday and Mitch today. Very much appreciated for you guys getting in. So you all have about 100 days to save up $4 now, so I hope you start uh, stashing away your panties. This is 302, so... It's about four cents a day. Start saving now, because I will be bothering you about that. <laughs> but thank you guys for that. I really do appreciate it. Otherwise, Packernet.com for all your news, notes, and information regarding the Green Bay Packers. NFLBigBoard.com if you want the most accurate, the most awesome big board for all things NFL draft. That's probably where you should start. Dig around, do your own research, but I'm confident you'll, you'll make the right decision. You'll be back. Be sure to jump in the Facebook group. Packernet Podcast Facebook group is the name of that Facebook group. Last but not least, if you have a question you would like to submit for the show, 608-501-0718. 
If you'd like to call in for the What Grinds My Gear segment, call our other number, 608-501-0718. Hope you wrote that down. So I guess today is, even though we've we've very briefly and in passing kind of touched on things, I really want to talk specifically as sort of a primer to what exactly is going on with free agency. Just to make sure we all understand who's a free agent, what kind of free agent, not just this year, but next year. Um, when is somebody a free agent? Are they already free agents? Are they still Packers? Those kinds of things. And as per usual, I want to go through position by position just to kind of, you know, I like to be orderly. So first of all, um, looking at quarterback, we don't have any free agents either this year or next year. However, one thing that I thought was a little bit interesting is the fact that if you look at when we took Aaron Rodgers and what point of Brett Favre's career that was, basically two years before Brett Favre's last year was when we drafted Aaron Rodgers. Not to say that it has to be how it is, but that's just something to keep in mind. Reason being, 2023 is Aaron Rodgers' last year under contract. Not to say he can't be extended, but it is what it is. That would mean 2021 would be the year, if we did the same thing we do with Brett Favre, that we would look to draft Aaron Rodgers' successor. This is 2019, meaning not next draft, but the draft after that. Not 2020, but 2021. Even more interestingly, that would mean the quarterback that we're looking at is already in college. Not only that, it's not even a freshman. We're talking about maybe like a sophomore in college right now. Because if they're a freshman in 2019, they're going to be a sophomore in 2020, which means by the time the 2021 draft rolls around, they will have only been out of high school for two years, meaning they're not even draft eligible. So last year's freshman quarterbacks would be the youngest quarterback that could be draft eligible in 2021, which is two years prior to Aaron Rodgers, which is around the time when maybe you start thinking about drafting his replacement. I don't exactly want to delve into all those names, but I will say there are quite a few interesting candidates. Everybody knows the guy out of Clemson. Um, Yeah, that would be awesome. Zero question about that. But there's also very little chance he's not the number one overall pick. As early as it is to say that, even at this point in time, he's the kind of guy that's going to go number one overall. And if we're drafting number one overall, something went horribly wrong in 2020 which for those that are keeping score would be not this year but next year. But anyways, that's the only interesting thing about quarterback cuz you you we we think in terms of Aaron Rodgers is going to be a quarterback for a very long time and he is, but we're talking about like 3 drafts away when we start talking. So this year we're talking pass rusher, next year we're talking I don't know, offensive line, maybe defensive tackle. You got Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels all free agents. Linebacker, I don't know. But the draft after that, Packers, Packers verse, whatever, is going to be buzzing about, is this the year? Is this the year the Packers start to look for the replacement for Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I found that kind of crazy to think in two years we're, we're thinking about moving on. That's a big deal for Packers fans, man. Some teams it's like, ah, let's get a new guy. This isn't working. It's been like three games. He can't throw a football. Next. 
I've kind of had two in my lifetime. So just give me a minute to process this, okay? I know we're talking about several degrees of distance. And even if we do draft him that year, which is an if, we're still talking about Aaron Rodgers playing in 2021, 2022, and 2023. Three full years after the fact. Still. Kind of crazy. Beyond that, um, are we getting a quarterback to back up Aaron Rodgers this year? Not really. Not to say we couldn't take a swing somewhere in the later rounds, undrafted free agent, but I don't think we're looking to replace Deshaun Kaiser. We paid relatively handsomely for it, for him. Excuse me. Pardon me, Deshaun. Fully understand you are a human being. But he's the guy we're going to be developing for some time until we realize it just isn't working and move on, which is not going to be this year. But maybe we'll find some competition for Mr. Tim Boyle. Anyways, moving on to running back, uh, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, still very young. LeVon Coleman, not super well-known name, but uh, he was a practice squad guy in October. He was active roster in December, basically the last week of the season. Um, he's still technically on the, the uh, active roster. Otherwise, we have Capri Bibbs and Trey Carson. Both of these guys are free agents in 2020. Capri Bibbs is a restricted free agent, while Trey Carson is an unrestricted free agent. Basically, that means Capri Bibbs will not have accrued um, three seasons with six or more regular season games. So a season would be six or more games before it gets counted toward you, and, you know, three seasons is three seasons just so we understand what that is. doesn't really super matter because it would be a little bit surprising if this was a big deal come 2020 anyways, or that either of these guys were... I don't want to say neither of them is probably going to be on the team, but let's face it, I wouldn't be super surprised if none of these guys were on the team. That said, however, we're pretty much looking at Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, and we haven't seen either of these guys play um, consistently. We've seen Aaron Jones... Uh, I believe he was hurt in his rookie year. He got suspended to start his sophomore year, and then he got put on IR to end his rookie or his sophomore year. Jamal Williams also was hurt in his freshman year. So good amount of injuries, and it's really just the two of them. So is that somewhat of a need? I would definitely say it is. Whether that's something we want to attack mid to late in the draft, free agency, whatever, I don't know. But it's definitely a thinned out position. Fullback. Danny Vitale is a uh, unrestricted free agent in 2020. Again, don't really super care, mostly because I don't even know if we're going to be utilizing fullbacks, and if we are, I don't know if Vitale is the answer. We kind of need to see what Lafleur's plan is. I know I mentioned before that they do like to use fullbacks and or the H-back position, which is basically tight ends used as fullbacks. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the route that we went. Again, with guys like Lance Kendricks, who played the H-back position at UW, at Madison, at Wisconsin, whatever. Then you got a guy like Mercedes Lewis, who could definitely be used as an H-back. Wouldn't really be super surprising, but we'll have to see how it goes. But again, Danny Vitale in 2020, not super worried about it. Speaking of tight end, though, now it's getting a little bit interesting. As of right now, we do have Jimmy Graham on the team, and we have Robert Tanyan on the team. They're going they're to be on the team through this year and through next year. They're not uh, free agents either of those two years. Lance Kendricks and Mercedes Lewis, as of, and by the way, the cutoff date, because yes, all these people are still technically Green Bay Packers. However, as of, I believe, what is it, March 14th? It's mid-March. They got 4 p.m. Eastern New York time 
to offer these guys new contracts. If the Packers don't do that with our current free agents, they are officially free agents, meaning Packers don't have any rights to them. They don't have anything anymore. So we'll have to see. And it it also becomes interesting because, and we've talked about this quite a bit, but there's a question of whether Jimmy Graham's contract is really worth it. If uh, Lafleur feels that this is too much money and maybe we could do better going a different route, or if they decide that they could utilize him better than McCarthy did and he still has some talents, fine. Do we re-sign Lance Kendricks? Do we re-sign Mercedes Lewis? Do we keep Jimmy Graham? So we're anywhere from the same four tight ends to Robert Tanyan's all we have. Somewhere in there is going to be the answer. And that's, again, well, not again. That's also assuming we keep Robert Tanyan, which isn't a guarantee. We don't really have a reason not to, but he's not exactly a uh, stalwart tight end. He just happens to be the only young guy, which is why I'm assuming he's still going to be on the team. But I can't necessarily even call it a, a position of need because we have four guys, and if we even resign one of the two between Lance Kendricks and Mercedes Lewis, we have three tight ends. Two of them are um, veteran tight ends, and then we got the young whatever you want to call them. Now, there is something a little bit interesting here. There are a couple other people. Two players were signed, I believe, to futures contracts. Malcolm Johnson and Evan Bayless. Now, a futures contract is essentially, we're going to sign you to a contract that starts next year. The only thing is, you can really only do that to guys that weren't on the active roster. So essentially what it does is it locks them into a contract for next year so that they don't become free agents and nobody can snipe them off the practice squad or whatever. But the somewhat interesting thing is, teams aren't going to do that unless they think there's a pretty good chance that these guys are going to be playing on the active roster or at least have a chance to compete for an active roster spot. Now, the reason I think that that's interesting, that two tight ends, Malcolm Jenkins and Evan Bayless, were signed to futures contracts at the tight end position is not only because, well, maybe these guys are super talented, but also maybe it's because they foresee somewhat of a shortage of players at the position and want to lock up some extra bodies which if I'm going to try to read into this maybe more than I should, it could be a little bit of a foreshadowing that some of these guys are going to be gone next year. In other words, let me read this backwards and say, if I was going to move on from Lance Kendricks and Mercedes Lewis and I wasn't sure whether or not we were keeping Jimmy Graham, the immediate next step is we need to make sure that we're signing some people to our our team. And because there's no guarantees in the draft and there's no guarantees in free agency, the easiest and simplest way to lock up at least some bodies just in case is to grab some guys off your practice squad and sign them to some futures contracts. So it might be nothing, but it also could very well be something. So something to keep in mind. Now, just to be clear, this isn't a guarantee that they're going to be on the team. This guy has been signed to uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Johnson, by the way, I'm talking about. He's been signed to reserve contracts uh, prior to the Green Bay Packers with the 49ers and then the Seahawks, and he was waived from both of those teams. But again, it's just a security play. Anywho's, let's move on to wide receiver. Uh, the good news here is the fact that there's a good amount of bodies, and most of these guys are not going to be free agents in the next couple of years. We've got Devontae Adams locked up. We've got Jamon, Equinemius, and Marquez. Uh, we've got Jay Kumaro. And we have Alan Lazard. The Packers also signed uh, Teo Redding to a futures contract. So he's technically under contract through 2019. So we have seven guys currently already 
that are signed through 2019. Now, there's no guarantee any of these guys are still on the team, whether that's Teo Redding or Jay Kumaro or Marquez or whoever. They still have to earn their roster spot. But that's a lot of guys. Now, obviously, um, you already know who the free agents are. Uh, unrestricted free agent Randall Cobb, restricted free agent Geronimo Allison. There really isn't much conversation, and it's kind of sad to say, but uh, as far as whether or not we're going to retain Randall Cobb, and I, I just genuinely don't think we are, there was a time in which I would have thought if he would just take a big pay cut, it would be great to keep him. But the amount of bodies we have and the massive drop in his production, I just don't see it, man. Now, Geronimo is a little bit more interesting. Obviously, he's very young. I think his ceiling is very limited. But considering there aren't a lot of people that have the kind of chemistry with Aaron Rodgers that Geronimo does, maybe. But if I'm the GM and I'm keeping Geronimo, I'm not happy about it. He doesn't have hardly any upside. We just drafted three young studs. We have Jake Kumro, who also seems to want to show up. We got Alan Lazard just because, why not? And of course, we have Devontae. I shouldn't have to need Geronimo. We shouldn't be in a situation where just because he's the one guy that knows how to run routes outside of Devontae, we have to keep him. That doesn't make me very happy. So I'm going to say we're not keeping Geronimo, just because, as I said, we shouldn't have to keep Geronimo. But we'll see. Offensive line, looking at our tackles. Mr. Gerhard DeBeer was signed to a futures contract, so he is under contract. Actually, everybody is, with Brian Balaga and Jason Spriggs, uh, going to be unrestricted free agents in 2020. But as of 2019, we got Bakhtiari, we got Balaga, we got Spriggs, we got DeBeer, we got Alex Light. Now, you know, I don't want to get too much into draft or whatever because we've already covered this, but this is definitely a situation where with Balaga and Spriggs both do a contract, with Spriggs not really showing up, Balaga getting toward the end with all the injuries and everything else, good chance both of these guys are gone. DeBeer's not going to show anything. Alex Light is very limited. We're talking about having basically just Brian Bal- or uh, David Bakhtiari after 2019, possibly even in 2019, depending on what's going on. So on one hand, you look at it and go, oh, look, we got everybody still in 2019. On the other hand, you look at it and go, we are very, very close to disaster. Uh, looking at guard, Byron Bell is the one unrestricted free agent. I'm willing to bet he's gone. Otherwise, um, we have Anthony Coyle that was signed to a futures contract, so he's going to be competing for a job. But uh, Justin McCray, Adam Pankey, Cole Madison, technically still under contract. We'll see. Nico Siragusa we talked about. Lane Taylor, Lucas Patrick, lots of bodies. Really not a whole lot of upside from any of these guys. So I wouldn't mind shaving some of them off. Um, You know, maybe we decide to move on from Cole Madison if he's not coming back. Really try to see what we can get out of Nico Siragusa. Move on from Adam Pankey. Uh, maybe move on from Lucas Patrick. If, if, if I would really like to have a situation where Nico Siragusa wins the job outright and we we draft somebody. So let's say we get somebody who's really good that can play left guard. Nico Siragusa can beat out Justin McRae for right guard, and we have Lane Taylor and Justin McRae as backups. Or if you want to keep Lane Taylor as a starter, I don't care. But I do feel like these guys are backup caliber players and it would be nice if backup caliber players were backups as opposed to starters uh cory lindsley at center he's not going anywhere we just locked him up last year it's a good thing he's a good center uh we don't have anybody else but presumably a lot of these guards can play center uh depending on what happens at guard and which of these guys can play center it might be somewhat intelligent to find somebody that can play both to get a little bit of depth there 
But that's pretty much it. We got four guys that are unrestricted free agents. Kendricks, Lewis, Byron Bell, and Randall Cobb. Uh, with a one restricted free agent, Geronimo Allison. The Futures contracts guys, Malcolm Johnson and Evan Bayless at tight end. Anthony Coyle at left guard. Teo Redding at wide receiver. Gerhard DeBeer at right tackle. Flipping over to the defense now. Defensive tackle is obviously pretty stacked, not just with players, but with uh, talent. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson is the one guy that is a restricted free agent. I think that's a pretty interesting decision. It seems relatively easy because do you really want to pay the guy when you have as much talent as you do? But I do tend to think, I know a lot of people are real big on Dean Lowry. I like Dean Lowry. I don't think Dean Lowry is Muhammad Wilkerson. I think a lot of Packer fans are real low on Muhammad Wilkerson and a little high on Dean Lowry. And I think it's a little skewed. They end up, or they're, they're so high on Dean and so low on Muhammad Wilkerson, they actually think Dean Lowry is better than Muhammad Wilkerson. He is not. But from a, from a, uh, you know, a, a cost or a value standpoint, Dean Lowry is definitely a better value. Otherwise, however, the one potential catastrophe that we're looking at, and one of the reasons why looking at defensive tackle uh, in the draft isn't the worst situation, is looking at our defensive tackle situation in 2020, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, and Mike Daniels, all free agents. Now, Kenny Clark's going to get locked up to an extension very, very soon. It's going to be big, big money, and I, I can't wait for it. As much as I hate to see the salary cap take a hit, um, I cannot wait to see this guy get extended for a very long time because he's a freak. Mike Daniels, however, I don't know that he's on this team beyond uh, 2019. This could be his last year. I'm hoping he has a bounce back. If he does, he could get an extension. I don't really know, but uh, his production did fall a little bit. And then with Dean Lowry, you know, we've we've got Montrevious Adams. If we end up drafting somebody else in a very deep defensive tackle class, it could be Kenny Clark, Montrevious Adams, and some other guy. Where essentially some other guy takes Mike Daniels' place, and those are our two studs. Montrevious is kind of like, eh, he's decent at times because he is getting a little bit better, it seems like. And then you got Tyler Lancaster, James Looney, Fatal Brown, just kind of filling in as, as rotational guys. Uh, as far as futures contracts, Dion Simon and Eric Cotton, or Dion Simon, whatever. A couple of guys that are going to be competing. Always a good thing, man. The defensive tackle group is a pretty good group, but, you know, a lot of these guys very much overperformed, which is awesome, but, uh, you know, you wouldn't be super surprised to see some of them regress, but you keep these guys nipping at their heels, it's probably a good idea. So something's just something to keep in the back of your mind, especially this year again. We're not going to see a defensive tackle class like this again, so rather than wait for a catastrophe where we desperately need defensive tackles and can't find any because there's no good defensive tackles in the draft, this is the reason you draft best player available right here. Because you might not have a huge need at defensive tackle in 2019, but in 2020 you do, and you're very, very glad that you got this really awesome defensive tackle, whether it's Jerry Tillery or Christian Wilkins or whoever. You're glad you grabbed him even though you didn't need him last year because you need him this year very, very desperately. Outside linebacker Clay Matthews is is pretty much guaranteed out the door. Reggie Gilbert and Kendall Donerson are locked up, as is Nick Perry if he does stick around. But that's not a great situation. Kyler Fackrell is locked up, uh, but he is going to be an er, unrestricted free agent in 2020, which I don't think is a guarantee that he sticks around. As much as it seems like at this point he will, if we're able to find some talent, he's the kind of guy that it's just... You know, I mean, how much do you want to pay him? If he's, it, oh, let me put it this way, if he gets another 10 sacks, you pay him whatever, I guess. Because I don't care how good he is or how terrible he is at other things. If he's getting you 10 sacks, you use him situationally and you pay him accordingly. 
But I tend to think, if I had to just take a guess, and you can feel free to remind me of this next year, if he gets five sacks next year, I'll be a little surprised. Not just because I don't think he's actually that good. He obviously earned those sacks, but I'm really hoping we find somebody so he doesn't have to even start. (laughs) Nick Perry and Josh Allen, Ja'Kai, whoever, I don't care. Kyler Fackrell shouldn't even get the opportunity to get 10 sacks, but, you know, whatever. Either way, it's very thin. You know it's very thin. Um, the only guys that we have really, man, I, I I can't even say that. Again, Nick Perry's locked up, but maybe we want to move on from him. Reggie Gilbert's locked up, but who's to say he's going to win the job? He hasn't done anything in the regular season. Kendall Donerson, I mean, physical dude, but seventh-round pick, no guarantees there. Clay Matthews is gone. Kyler Fackrell is probably the only guaranteed guy, and he's, again, free agent 2020. Not a great situation. Uh, moving on to inside linebacker, uh, Jake Ryan. He is a free agent this year. Blake Martinez and Antonio Morrison are free agents next year. So beyond this year, we're looking at Oren Burks and James Crawford as our only locked-up inside linebackers. And at this point, I would assume we're hanging on to Oren Burks. I'm not so sure about James Crawford. So for that reason, depending on, again, what happens in the draft, but that's the thing. We have until March to decide what to do with Jake Ryan. We can't say, hold on, let me draft first and see if I want to keep him. I tend to think we're going to offer Jake Ryan a contract. It's not super expensive to sign a inside linebacker, especially a guy who's limited like Jake Ryan. He's not a multidimensional guy. He's primarily a good run stopper, although he is making strides as a coverage guy. He's coming off IR. He should come pretty cheap. His 2018 cap number was $2,021,000. I I can't imagine he's going to make a whole lot more than that. But lock him up to a relatively short contract and um, see what we can do. But uh, another not super great situation. Although, again, I don't mind Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez, especially if Oren Burks is able to develop. Hopefully we can get a inside linebackers coach that can handle that responsibility and find a way to actually improve the guys we have. Which, yes, I understand Blake Martinez and Jake Ryan did make strides, but that wasn't anybody last year doing that. I forget the guy's name, and I don't care enough to look it up, but the guy that was just fired, he was there only in 2018. He helped nothing. Moving on to cornerback, Bashad Breland and Devon House. Now, Bashad Breland, I would assume, is probably getting a contract. I don't know that. They might not do that. We do have Josh Jackson, we do have Kevin King, we do have Tony Brown, we do have Tremont, which we can move back to corner if need be, if we decide to go that route, because yes, Tremont is under contract through 2019, uh, yeah, 2019 is the year we're in. So it's not a guarantee, but it would make sense to maybe try to keep him because we signed him and didn't give him a ton of opportunities, but uh, who knows. That'll be up to the defensive coaches to decide if that was just really poor play or if there was maybe something to it. But, I mean, we, we it's similar to running back, except even more depth. I don't know exactly where the talent's at, but at this point, it's the bodies are there. Early draft capital. There's just no excuses. Again, from the GM standpoint, I've done enough for you. Make it work. I, I don't want any more excuses about, well, I need, I need corners. No, you need nothing. You need to coach and, and develop and produce. That's what I need from you. You needed for me, I gave you, now I need from you. Jair, Tony Brown, Josh Jackson, Kevin King, maybe I'll give you Bashad Breeland, maybe I won't. It shouldn't matter. With that said, though, Devon House, he better be gone, man. <laughs> just, why was he ever even here? I don't know. 
Sure, he's a great guy. I bet he's just a fantastic human being. I don't want him here. Uh, finally, looking at safeties, Eddie Pleasant is a unrestricted free agent. Kendrell Bryce and Ibrahim Campbell are restricted free agents. Of that list, I really don't know. I would assume Eddie Pleasant is not going to be on the team. Ibrahim Campbell, very limited, but as I said, uh, in that small sample size, he was graded as elite. Is that probably inflated because of the small sample size? Yeah, probably. Do I want to offer him a contract to stick around to find out how good he can be? You bet I do. So I'm putting money down that Ibrahim Campbell is going to be sticking around. Kentrell Bryce, that's a situation where I wish more than anything that I could just kick him to the curb, but I don't have a whole lot of options. Now, being a restricted free agent does give me a little bit more leeway. I can kind of play with that a little bit. Um, you know, you kind of get the right of first refusal kind of thing where, you know, I, I, I can make you an offer. Once you get that offer, you're able to go and, and talk to other other teams. They can make you an offer, which is not going to be very big, and I can then at that point make a decision. Do I want to match that and keep you, or would I rather just let you go play somewhere else? So, I don't know. Outside of that, though, we do have Tremont Williams. He's a free agent in 2020. We have Josh Jones, who's locked up. Patrell Jamerson is locked up. Raven Green is tr- is locked up. And, if again, if we want to uh, look at having a few hints at maybe some of the what they're planning on doing, a couple futures contracts, Jason Thompson and Trey Matthews. Now, again, this, this could just be a matter of talent. This could just be these guys are pretty solid. I think they're going to make some hay. I really want to see what they're going to be able to do. Let's give them a contract through next year, give them a little bit of money, get them in camp, because maybe these guys are going to be studs. However, I don't think it's a coincidence a lot of these futures contracts are at either really shallow positions or really weak positions. Safety, shallow and weak. Linebacker, pretty shallow. Also, not sure what we're doing with Jake Ryan. Our tackle position, pretty shallow. Gearhard DeBeer. Our guard, our tight ends. These are the positions outside a wide receiver. That's kind of where we're at. Again, I don't necessarily think that's a coincidence. So this is more or less what our GM has to sift through right now. And it's not a simple task because on one hand, you just want to get rid of everybody and start fresh. On the other hand, that's going to leave you in a real bind. And again, because of the layout of things, you can't say, well, let's draft first and then find out you got to make a decision. And a lot of guys are probably going to get contracts just because it's easier to offer up a contract and then try to replace them in free agency because that, you know, you have to offer a contract, then do free agency, then do the draft. Then you might as well bring them to camp, see if they can earn that contract that they got and, and play for you. If not, then you just say, okay, well, enjoy the money. Goodbye. So that would be my final thought, I suppose, is just because these guys get signed doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be on the team. It could just be a matter of, I can't afford to, to lose you if I can't replace you in free agency in the draft. So I'm paying to get you into camp, just like with these future contracts. Yes, they're signed through 2019. There's a very good chance that not a single one of these people will be on the starting roster uh, come you know September. But some interesting decisions coming up, and it's, it's less than two months away when free agency frenzy starts. So we really got to keep our ear to the ground and try to monitor this stuff. You know, not just, you know, what the Packers are doing with the futures contracts, what the Packers are doing, you know, rumors, uh, whether they're going to offer contracts, whether they're going to cut people, and then keep our ear to the ground about some other teams and the decisions that they have to make. 
because once that thing opens up, you know how it gets to be. It's it's an absolute frenzy, and I absolutely love it. Seems like it gets a little crazier every year. It started, what was it, like two, three years ago, where it just felt like it was like the stock exchange, where people are just like, I don't even know what they do with the stock exchange. That doesn't. That seems like disorganized chaos. Like there has to be a better way than that. Who are you? Who who are you yelling at? Who's over there looking for? Why don't you? Why aren't you standing next to each other? Who are you talking to? I'd, I'd emulate it if I even knew what they were saying. What 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 is that piece of paper you're flapping around? He can't see it. Why are you waving it? Is it just like this is just what we do? Do you even have a job? I don't. Whatever. It's like Dungeons and Dragons for finance nerds. It's all fake. It's all made up. They just wear suits and ties and flap pieces of paper around. Ring that bell. Anyways, on that note, again, that was just a little primer, just because I've been seeing some stuff about free agency that's not entirely correct. Again, every single one of these people is still technically a Green Bay Packer. However, in a couple months, if no offer has been made, those are the guys that are going to be out and about. And to be clear, that doesn't mean they won't be Packers. It could just mean they're going to let you go out, test the waters, and then if you're out there floating, crying because nobody wants you, it's like, oh, come on back, man. Come on back. I'm not going to give you anything, but just just come on back. I know. I know. You're pathetic. That's why we let you walk. If you really love something, you let it go. You realize it's useless and nobody loves it, and it comes back to you, as the old saying goes. <laughs> oh, man. I need to go to bed. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.